Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic, so join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Susan and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Ed Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life and more. We'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you will keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. Any living thing that is healthy grows, and growth is something every parent wants for their children. As the little ones shoot up over the years, parents may feel confused by their fast transitions and varied needs, and commonly the transitions to adolescence is one that can be disorientating for not just the twins, but the parents. Joining us today is mother and son duo Judith and Micah, a mom and her twin to share more on this stage of growth. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. Can you introduce yourselves to our listeners? Judith, would you like to start first telling us your profession, number of children that you have and how old they are? Hi, I'm Judith. I am currently working in a non-profit that's attached to the government sector. I have two kids, two boys. One is uh, turning 13, that's Micah, who's joining me today. And I've got another uh, twin as well uh, at home, who's 11. Thank you. Let's turn our attention here to Micah. So Michael, would you like to tell us about yourself? Maybe what are some of your hobbies and what you're planning to do for the school holidays? So I'm turning 13. And what I'm planning to do is like maybe WhatsApp my friends since I'm not seeing them again because I'm not going back to primary school from next year onwards. And also like play online games with them, spend time with family, celebrate my birthday and so on. Hearsay and common parent laws say that teenage years are rebellious and teenage years bring the first stirrings of that rebellion. So now that may be exaggerated, but science does tell us that due to the rapid growth in the emotional center of the brain, Starting from the teenage years, these years can be filled with more emotions, but not quite as much ability to regulate those emotions. So as our twins are transiting between being children to young adults, which is a huge leap, what has your experience of these changes been? So the tween years, I would say quite challenging, uh, simply because we didn't expect it to be challenging. I think we kind of expected the teenage years to be challenging and that was what we were preparing ourselves for but we didn't expect it to kind of change um, as young as 11 actually. I think that was what we saw with Micah and we saw some changes in his behaviour. He became a lot more assertive, a lot more to a parent at least, to me. Uh, he seemed a lot more argumentative like if I give him instructions or told him to do something, uh, suddenly instead of just saying, yes mummy, and getting on with it, he had an opinion about it and he would ask me questions like, why do I have to do this, you know? Or he would uh, suggest an alternative. And I think um, because he was such a compliant kid earlier, it, it kind of threw me when he started questioning my decisions or, you know, coming up with his own opinion. So that was a bit of a, a challenge for me to adapt to it, I guess. But I think as I took a step back and looked at it, I realised that he wasn't trying to be rebellious or he wasn't trying to be rude. He was just trying to be heard. Yeah, and he did have his own opinions. And I, and I figured, well, it's a good thing that he has his opinions as well. It's a good thing that he's learning and he's thinking for himself. I don't know if Micah would say the same thing. 
So how was that for you, Micah, when you were like 11 to now? For me, I felt like I wasn't even a child anymore because I wasn't. And when my parents started giving me rules and stuff, I felt like I had my rights. So I just had to question them on why I had to do it. Because I'm in control of myself. So did you feel like we were harsh with you or that we were very, like, dictating what you were supposed to do? Sometimes, yeah, but only a bit harsh. So in those instances, do you feel that your parents and your mom actually allowed you to voice out your own opinions? Yeah, they allowed me to. I do have to say, this part, I think, I have to thank my husband for this part because in my own mummy world, I was very uncomfortable with him not being obedient and him not complying immediately with whatever I told him to do. I think there were a few, quite a few months actually when he turned 11 where it was really contentious for us and there was a lot of arguments and, and things like that between myself and Micah and it, it was really my husband who kind of pointed out that, you know, he's just growing up and he's just expressing himself and we need to give him room to do that now and, and not shut him down. Yeah, so that was what my husband used to say. Like, don't, don't shut him down. Let him have his say and then explain why we are doing what we're doing or why we're asking him to do what we want him to do. Yeah, and that definitely helped. I think the arguments really, really reduced after that. So what I hear is also, it was good to also have your husband to actually lend some of this insight, looking on right into the relationship that he's actually not trying to be argumentative or trying to be rude or rebellious, but really it's a stage for him where he's exerting his independence as well. So for Judith, do you think you have to make any shifts in your role as a parent to Micah? Yes, I think quite a bit of change, really. I think in the early years, uh, there was a lot of literally hand-holding, right? And, you know, the, the needs of a child are so basic and you go from just feeding them, making sure that everybody is fed and safe and getting enough sleep and nutrition and all of that. And then suddenly the needs become uh, a lot more complex and things that we cannot see. Uh, I think almost like invisible needs, uh, like feeding the the heart and the mind and the spirit. So I think as, as Micah grew and, and matures, the needs become different. And I think the way that I parent uh, and I mother also has to change. So that has taken a bit of a shift for me because I'm not a big fan of change. I like things to stay the way they are, especially as a mom. I have my routines, I have my systems, and I I know the way things work uh, and things run efficiently when I'm in my comfort zone. But kind of had to step out of that and see what Micah really needs and then to meet that need. So I guess in a nutshell, I've had to step back and give him the space to try things his own way, to make his own mistakes, to learn from them, to grow from them. And I think the most amazing thing is that a lot of times the things that he has done are right. He does know himself pretty well. So the things that he has uh, opted to do have been things that have worked out and completely not in my plan, but yeah, have worked out better for him than what I initially planned. Wow, Michael, hearing this from your mom, that she's actually praising you for some of the decisions that you make. So how do you actually feel she actually learned how to step back and give you space? when you had to grow in independence and making decisions, how did that make you feel? I actually kind of felt relieved because my dad finally helped me by explaining to her what a guy really needs when he's a tween. So yes, I'm very (laughs) relieved. Yeah, yeah. So you can see that the dad really played a big part here. Yes. I think the yeah. biggest example, right, Micah, is the tuition, right? Remember, in I think in P5, when we had tuition, we had tuition for multiple subjects. 
And I think like, yeah, for math and science. And you were kind of just drowning under all the extra work and homework and everything. So we were kind of at a point where his results were not up to what we thought it could be. Uh, So we we thought, okay, the, the simplest thing to do is to get him tuition to support. And initially it was going okay, but then the work kind of piled up. And it was Micah who came and talked to us and, and said, you know, it's too much. Do you remember what you shared, Micah? Because I tell my tuition teacher that it's too much work, she'll never listen. She'll be like, no, 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 you, You'll do better. You'll, you'll get an A-star, you'll get an AL1. You, you have to do this. Yeah, but I think you knew yourself better than the tuition teacher and even me, right? I mean, we wanted the best for you. We really did. But I think at the end of the day, you knew what you needed. So we had a deal. We, we talked about it and we said, okay, we will stop the tuition. We'll just continue with tuition for one subject, which he still wanted. And then we dropped tuition for the other subject. And he said he will work on practicing on the topics and that, that particular subject on his own. And then we said, okay, we will, we will revisit after the next exam. And amazingly, on his own, being left to his own uh, devices and having his own space to just breathe and grow in his own time, uh, he did it. He did so much better, right? And then we, we never went back to having tuition for two subjects after that. Because How I was you... already good at math, that's why I only needed tuition for science. So did you make you feel relieved when we said, okay, you can drop it? Yes. And were you surprised when your parents actually told you that you could actually drop one no, subject for your tuition? No, I was just tired. I was stressed out. I was angry with my tuition teacher. I was really irritated. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Thanks for being honest, Micah. I think that's the <laughs> other thing about this age is that you don't filter and you are just completely yourself. And I think as adults, because we're so used to filtering and, and always putting on a certain uh, aspect of ourselves and presenting a certain aspect of ourselves to the world, I think when kids are so open and honest, it can be a, feel a bit confrontational, honestly. Yeah, so I've learned to step back and be okay with it when Micah says, yeah, I was angry or stressed. Even now, looking back at it, yeah, angry and stressed. It's okay. We've walked through it. That's great. So for Micah, I hear you saying that it's really because your parents took the time to listen to you and not just to impose even their wishes for you to do better but you really know yourself well that you're able to just discuss this with them and uh, for you to actually be happy with the decision. How about for some of your interests? Do you feel that as you have progressed into a tween, you have stopped being interested in some of your former hobbies? To be honest, yes. Because when I was younger, I used to be very active. I played a lot of sports and stuff. But now I mostly just text my friends on WhatsApp and on Discord. And I just like, play games with them online and I mostly spend time with my friends in school and before my PSR yeah I would just keep like revising and revising so I didn't really have much time to continue with my hobbies and I lost interest in them that's true I think you've kind of gone from playing soccer now mm. to because we can't right but instead of playing soccer now you've gone to like watching soccer as well and playing soccer online as well that's great so you can hear that you know there are really a lot of uh, changing goalposts as well so how can parents stay invested without tweens feeling stifled? You know, I'm sure that there is this line right between intentional parenting and exerting too much control. Like if a tween doesn't want to talk, do you keep digging and to really force it out of them? So Judith, would you like to share how you are actually navigating this? This is definitely a hard one. I think the instinct is to dig. Like when I can tell that he's upset or he's stressed about something or 
or if I can tell he's thinking about something, yeah, definitely as his mom, you know, I am concerned, I'm interested, I, I want to know more. I do ask, right, my guys, sometimes I just come and I do ask, like, how are you or, you know, what's up? But I think unless he wants to share, I don't, like, dig, do I? Do you think I dig and, like, pry stuff out of you? Yes. <laughs> like what? I can't really recall this experience, but I remember you trying to, like, dig through stuff when I was, like, stressed about something. Like, you would think I would be stressed out, but I'm not stressed out. I'm just thinking about something else. So sometimes it's easy also for me to misread the situation, especially, I think, this past year because it, it has been a stressful year, I think, for so many families with having to deal with COVID-19 and, you know, what it means to be parenting in a pandemic, right? So I think definitely I've been a lot more aware of whether the kids are stressed or not because we aren't really able to go out or socialize as much. Those kinds of outings have reduced drastically for us. And it was a real key way that we kind of used to de-stress. Uh, holidays are out or so. So whenever I see him looking a little bit stressed, I'd be like, oh, you know, is he stressed? Is it, you know, the whole pandemic thing? Is it PSLE? What is it? You know, what's going on in his mind? Yeah, so I do try to ask him a little bit more. Lah. But I think, okay, if he tells me like he's fine, I have, I've learned to just kind of trust that, okay, he's really fine and to leave it alone. But I do hover. I, this, this I have to admit, and I think, I don't know whether my car realises that I do it, but I'll just stick around, I'll be there in the space in case he wants to talk about it. And usually he will in his own time. I think for many of the parents, we do want to find opportunities to still be there for our kids, right? So for Michael, when do you feel that you will eventually open up to your mom, Or what kind of situations is it? Maybe a lot of people say that maybe right before bedtime, is that a good time for her to catch you, that you'll be more willing to speak to her then? Um, maybe. Maybe when I get older, I may most likely go and tell my mom about it. I don't come poking around and bothering other people for my sake. Okay. Even if it's my parents. I'm causing you less stress. But I think, like, in the school time, like, school days, usually the whole day is so busy and it usually tends to be bedtime. So we do have a bedtime routine uh, still that we have going with the kids where we kind of uh, wind down together. We do pray together as well. Uh, before we go to bed. Uh, so that's kind of our time to kind of talk, share anything that happened in our day. Yeah, so that's usually when it happens. Yeah, maybe let's hear also from Michael, right? Like, How would you want your parents to stay connected with you while giving you space to grow? Maybe my parents can like talk to me about some stuff once in a while so that I can like get more space and spend more time with myself, my friends and so on. Is there anything that you like to do together as a family as well? Now since it's the holidays, we could like probably go out together. We can go out, but just cannot dine out because I'm not vaccinated. But I'm settling that. But we can still go out to other places, play games, visit people, just go out. It's all the little things, mm -hmm. right? Sure. And for Michael, maybe you want to give some tips to your fellow twins as well, you know, maybe to younger twins like your brother. What are some things that you think will help twins enjoy this stage more? For me, what I personally do is I don't really like talk to my parents at all, not because I hate them or anything, but because I want I don't want to like give them so much stress, especially while they're working. So one of my tips are do not like bother and pester your parents while they're working unless it's like very urgent. And try not to like argue and get into fights with your parents. Especially when you become teenagers. Because it'll start all the drama in the family. And it's very unpleasant for everyone else. Thanks, Micah. Yes. 
Micah, I think everybody can see like your personality as well. He doesn't like to bother us with problems. If he can fix it himself, he'll fix it himself. And I think we see more of that coming out, that independent streak kind of coming out and problem-solving ability kind of coming out in him, especially as he's getting older. And we've learned to let him exercise it and do it and do things for himself instead of trying to solve the problems for him. And I'm sure for Michael, you also appreciate that, right? Parents giving, really trusting you also to be able to make good decisions by yourself. Yes. For Judith, can you share on embracing the unpredictability of parenting a twin and how parents can embrace that? I think it's really important to remember that we are parenting kids who are kind of in that stage of transitioning into adulthood, uh, into the teen years and then into adulthood. So they aren't little children anymore and they don't really need us in the same ways. They still need us as much as they ever did, but I think that they need us in different ways. So I think it's more about kind of looking very, very closely at the child and understanding their personalities uh, and seeing what their likes are, what their dislikes are, asking a lot of questions. That has helped me, just asking them, how was your day? What was good about it? What was not good about it? And just listening and not not offering any opinions. So this is very uh, challenging for me, to be honest. But I've learned to just like listen, just ask the questions and then just listen to the answers and let them share. And the more that they share, I think the more that I learn about my kids as well, especially with Micah, because he tends to be quieter usually and he likes to have his own space and spend time on his own. And we also want to respect that. Uh, so the time that we do have with him, where we do talk and everything, I usually give him the space to kind of talk as much as he wants. And for Michael, is that something that you appreciate as well from mom to really give you that space and just being there, you know, whenever you need her to listen to you and she's just being present there for you? Uh, yes, because I really love it when she gives me some space and I don't really like it when she keeps interrogating me and questioning me about what happened and stuff, even though nothing happened. Yeah, but I got to keep asking in case something happens, right? Then, because I know that you won't tell me by yourself. So every day I ask the same questions, but sometimes the answers will be different. Yeah, it sounds like for both of you, it's really important to still stay connected. You know, even though there is a need for Michael to have his space and being independent. But, you know, for Judith, it's really making sure that you're always there for him whenever he needs you. So staying connected is still as important as ever, even if it looks different. So as you both adjust and commit to healthy communication and making space for each other to grow, it's possible for the parent-child bond to keep strengthening even when it may feel like they don't need you as much. So there you have it, what a twin wants from a twin and his mom. You were all twins and teens once upon a time. Do you remember what you wanted most then and what you wanted for your parents? Perhaps it's not as different as what your twin wants. So thank you so much, Judith and Michael. It was so nice to chat to the both of you. But before we wrap up today's podcast, let's wrap up with some last words to share with our listeners. I think in terms of last words, I would say, yeah, listen, listen closely to your tweens. Give them space to talk, to share with you, uh, and find small ways to connect. Figure out what they enjoy doing and then, you know, do that thing with them. It might just be catching a movie together or playing a board game, just something small. But yeah, find ways to connect about for Michael? I have a few tips that I shared earlier. I'll just remind all of you again. So don't get into arguments with your parents. Create peace in the family and not chaos. And don't keep bothering your parents while they're walking. 
I'm not saying that you are, but try not to, unless it's urgent. Yes, thank you so much. So parents' role is always changing and shifting. And as long as we keep parenting our kids with love and commitment, even if we miss a step, it's okay. Let's just learn to be kind to ourselves and just try again. Because at the end of the day, we are also modeling for our tween what resilience and commitment looks like. So thank you once again, everyone, for listening into our today's podcast. And before we leave, we just want to share something with all our listeners. If you are a friend who has a child who is studying primary one next year, how can you help them be ready holistically, intellectually, emotionally, socially, and digitally as they enter into a new phase of learning? Join our webinar this coming January where you will learn how to help your child transit to primary school confidently. To find out more, please refer to our show notes for the link or visit our website at www.family.org.sg. Thank you.